Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I've spent my life as an economist, and that means talking to companies about the future, about forecasts, and about scenarios. Because if you're going to look at the future, you have to look at the possibilities, the good ones and the ones that are maybe not so good, and be as ready as you possibly can for those possibilities. So, you know, now we're at this point where we're looking at the post-pandemic future, and we're looking at the post-pandemic future of work. And I think that's really the right time to talk about what scenario planning is and how you can maybe apply it to your own organization or to your own life. And to do that, I have a guest today who's actually written a book about it. His name is Lance Mortlock, and he's a strategy partner with Ernst & Young. His book is called Disaster Proof, Scenario Planning for a Post-Pandemic Future. Now, he has some great thoughts on how organizations and individuals can best prepare for this next phase. So please stay with us. So how can you use scenario planning to prepare? for the future and the future of work. Well, Lance Mortlock is the author of Disaster Proof, Scenario Planning for a Post-Pandemic Future, and he joins me now from Calgary, Alberta, to talk about that. Hi, Lance. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. You know what? I have a lot of questions about scenario planning and how to use it, but because this is a work podcast, I always start by asking people about their own backgrounds. How did you end up doing what you're doing? Yeah, so I've been a strategic advisor for 20 years. Um, you can tell from my accent, originally from the UK, uh, even though I've been in Canada for more than a decade now. Worked all around the world uh, with different organizations, different sectors, uh, mostly in the strategic space. So I think when you work in like strategy development, planning, operating model, business model type stuff with, with different organizations, you tend to do a lot of scenario planning as part of the course. So I kind of fell into it. Um, and I would say, you know, one of the things that um, it was pretty important in my career is I worked with Shell very early on, and they were one of the pioneers of uh, scenario planning. And I kind of took that into my career um, over the last two decades. So just let's go back for a second. For those who are not really familiar with it, what's your really quick definition of what scenario planning is? Yeah, so it, it really is about painting different futures, uh, pictures of, of the way things can play out. So it's not about predicting the future because that would be forecasting, but it's about saying, okay, there are different ways that the world could play out. What are those? And describing those and then saying, well, given those different scenarios of the future, what would we do in each case as an organization, both in the private sector and the public sector? And the military has used this for many years, correct? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it really stemmed from, from military planning. And then Shell took it to the next level in terms of introducing it to business about 50 years ago. And it's really evolved and continues to evolve, um, you know, to the modern day approach which I talk about quite a bit in, in, in my book, Disaster Proof. 
Well, let's talk about the pandemic a little bit because, you know, I do a lot of keynote addresses as an economist and I do talk about scenarios. Oh, well, there could be a terrorist attack or there could be a pandemic, but there's a kind of like black swan events. And I'm not sure people do a lot of planning around those or, or that they did pre-pandemic. In your experience, were a lot of companies kind of ready for something this black swanish to happen? Short answer is no. Uh, I, you know, the example that I talk about a lot is I was working with an airport and we were trying to plan for the future. And we said, well, what would be the worst case scenario in terms of passenger traffic? And we looked at 9-11, post 9-11 numbers and passenger traffic for a period of time dropped 5%. So we took the worst case and said, well, maybe it would be 6%. And actually you fast forward to what happened in the last 12 months, passenger traffic drop 95%. So I think, Linda, like naturally as humans, we get into this comfort zone where we look for things that reinforce our existing beliefs instead of widening the riverbanks to say, well, what's plausible? What's possible? What's probable? What could happen um, in the future? And that I think that's a challenge for business leaders that we need to take seriously you know, as we come out of this pandemic. Okay, so this is a fresh opportunity to use scenario planning because we've gone through this, we're getting back to whatever normal is and companies are planning for the next cycle. What does a rollout, a successful rollout look like for this? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, there's, a, there's a couple of things I would say to, to, to your question there. One is the timing is perfect. I, I think um, having been through an incredibly challenging economic, social environment over the last year and a half, a lot of companies and a lot of leaders are saying, well, what next? Where to from here? And I think that this tool is ideal to sort of reflect a little bit on the past, but also start to think about the future and say, okay, let's, let's, let's follow the steps, which are pretty straightforward. I outline them you know, in a very accessible way in the book to say, well, what, what, are, what, what are the next steps? What does the future or different futures look like for our organization and how would we react and adapt to those different futures? You know, I focus on the future of work with this podcast and I think it's something that has a lot of different scenarios for companies. You know, we tried this big experiment of work from home and some companies liked it, some companies didn't. It's funny that there are so many almost decisive action plans that some companies are saying everyone has to come back because we didn't like this. How would you suggest they approach this? Should they be looking at scenarios and how they might work? Is this a helpful tool? Yeah, I think it's actually pretty ideal for that kind of application where, look, we, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty in, in, in play in terms of the way the pandemic will uh, unravel. No one truly knows exactly what's going to happen. And no one truly knows the way employees are going to react to kind of a post-pandemic future. And I think it's valuable for leaders to stretch their thinking to say, well, what could multiple scenarios look like? What would a fully remote workforce look like? What would a hybrid, what would a fully return to work workforce look like? And playing that out and saying, you know, what, what does that look like strategically for our organization in each of those situations? Uh, I think it's a helpful, a helpful exercise because at the end of the day, Linda, what you're trying to do is ensure that you have a strategy that is nimble and flexible. 
one that you know based on changing context you're able to pivot appropriately i think too often as leaders we get kind of caught into a linear process that it's only a to b and what i'm saying in 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 my book is we have to get way more flexible um because these kinds of uncertainties that we've seen with covid we don't know what the next one is going to be and the next one being could be another pandemic could be something completely different but it's going to happen history is a great you know predictor of the future we keep having these boom and bust cycles and there's going to be another one and we need to be prepared for for that both from a workforce perspective but also from a strategic perspective now you mentioned shell earlier but what are other examples of companies that have used this successfully in other crises Yeah, I mean there's a lot of companies that use it in crisis moments but also in moments of um opportunity and growth. A great example is Rolls-Royce. Uh they use scenarios to really formalize how they might ma- manage uncertainty in a very very competitive uh luxury car market. Um you know British Airways for example, uh great British company. I I kind of have to say that, but you know they would use it um to drive scenario thinking in terms of their asian business and how they uh, grew their asian business um in terms of dealing with the the massive economic growth we've seen in china closer to home the port of vancouver on the west coast they've used it to paint a picture of what does the next 30 years look like for the port in terms of a more sustainable model you know there's just so many great examples linda where it's really helped uh leaders stretch their thinking but equally there are a lot of companies that i've come across and in some cases advised that don't use it uh and i think that they're missing a trick yeah it always surprises me in the commodity space how surprised some companies are at that oh it didn't work out and we know that you know oil's trading around what $70 today we've seen it in a huge range from that and it seems i'm not looking at any particular company but it's still surprising how many companies seem surprised yeah yeah and it, you know you can never fully predict the future um but i certainly think that you can think about different futures that could play play out and be better prepared for multiple eventualities this is about seeing around the corner and it's about being more resilient in a, as an organization and having more shock absorbers in your organization and the other thing that i would say is um you know i was talking to uh, uh an organization about this earlier in the week and you can't be prepared for everything because then you'd be out of business you know your balance sheet wouldn't be appropriate but it's about being prepared enough that you can you know somewhat respond to those uncertainties that play out um and building enough shock absorbers and this is where leadership has to play a role which is getting that right balance there's a judgment call uh, but you can't be prepared for every eventuality that's just not realistic i'm noticing more in annual reports and meetings now that you are seeing companies put out some of the the risk to this Walmart did this recently they said yes here's our projections what we think however we could have something like a natural disaster we could have another pandemic we could have events around climate change that would change this so i i think there's more more preparing investors for the things that can go wrong now yeah and 
you know, I think that we will go through a period of time here, and we saw this post 9-11, we saw this post the financial crisis, we, we see this during the sort of this recovery period that we're in right now, following a major crisis event, that companies are talking about risk more, talking about future planning more. Um, but, but then there's this sort of period of time where it kind of drops off. And what I'm saying is these sort of booms and busts, is there an opportunity to sort of consistently think about this and not, it's, hot, it's a hot topic now in the next one or two years and we're going to be all over talking about preparedness and risk management and contingency planning and scenario planning. But actually, we should be talking about that all the time in a consistent way. You know, realistically, again, because as I said, you can't be prepared for everything all the time. But we need to be consistently challenging our thinking and not go through these sort of cycles of, oh my God, you know, the, the sky is falling. Let's be prepared as an organization for these eventualities. And then, you know, the good times and, and, and off we go and we're not really thinking about it. I'd like to see kind of more of a consistent approach. Do you ever get any resistance to this, Lance? And I say this to someone who's spoken to groups. Uh, I've sometimes talked about worst cases and I've had some feedback that, oh, no, you know what? We're trying to get people excited about sales or whatever. Please don't come in, come in here and talk about a recession. Yeah, for sure. Um, you get all kinds of leaders and everything in between. Uh, and I think that, you know, that that's part of the the beauty of what I do and 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 why I enjoy what I do is trying to convince leaders that it's important to think about these eventualities. But there's also an upside, Linda. Like thinking about scenarios is not only about um, the downside, but like what's the potential opportunity if a particular scenario plays out that's very favorable to us? I mean, one of the examples that I talk about in the book is UPS. And through their use of um, scenarios, it actually resulted in them doing a major acquisition of a significant uh, retail uh, play um, in the lower 48. And it was game-changing for their business. And they would talk about that publicly as you know, a real leverage point for the use of scenarios in terms of propelling their business into the future in a completely different way. So I think that there's Always with risk, there's also an upside in terms of opportunity, and you've got to look at both. And I try and explain that, you know, certainly when I'm advocating with this with the organizations that I work with. Lance, can individuals use this? Because I know it's also a turning point for individuals after the pandemic. A lot of people are rethinking their futures. If they want to use scenario planning to think about that, how would they go about it? Yeah, I mean, it, great question, Linda. It's very scalable. Um, you know, there's examples of it being used for macro industry issues. Like I sit on a board of a non-for-profit that's looking at climate change issues, and we're using scenarios in that situation for macro issues. And then I've used it on specific projects with clients where, you know, we're trying to assess different plans around a particular project that we're working on right down to the individual where you might be saying, look, I'm thinking about my future and the different jobs that you know, might come my way. Let me think through that using a scenario lens. Because at the end of the day, you know, when, you, when you look at the tool itself, 
it's fairly straightforward. It's very scalable. It can be something that you can think about in a day, or it's something that you can spend three or four months working with, you know, 70 people in your organization and everything in between. Uh, and I certainly try and write the book um, in a way that it's accessible to everyone. I, when, as I was kind of developing the book, I tried not to get like too technical. So I think, you know, any of your listeners that are either thinking about their future, their team, their project, or in fact, their organization, there's something in this for all of those situations in the book. We'll just go through it. Like practically speaking, you're somebody who's thinking about changing careers, going back to school. Uh, what are the steps you take? You know, the, the basic things you do when you sit down to, to, to look at this. Yeah, I mean, there's a few simple steps. The first step is, okay, what problem or what question am I trying to solve for or answer? So that's sort of step one. Step two is, okay, explore the environment. What, do some research around what are the different um, uncertainties, risks, complexities, opportunities that could play out that are out there. And then spend some time in step three kind of analyzing that and saying, well, what does it mean? Um, what, what do those risks and uncertainties, how would I prioritize them for my life you know, for my future. And then build, you know, three or four, uh, maybe two different scenarios. So one is that, you know, things work out my way and I end up getting that job or that future that I want. And another one might be that I don't. And then say, okay, given my strategy, how would I react and respond to the good future for me and the bad future for me playing out? And, uh, and then finally, it's agreeing what signals you're going to watch for that tell you whether the good future or the bad future is playing out for you. It's an interesting question, Linda. I, no one's really asked me this individual question before, but I think it, you know, the tool is versatile enough that you can apply it to the individual level. It's not necessarily designed for that kind of application, but it's about thinking at the end of the day and stretching mental, model, mental models. So, Lance, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Matt Smartlock is the author of Disaster Proof, Scenario Planning for a Post-Pandemic Future. Well, that's it for today. If you do want to know more about Lance and his book, please check out our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you do want to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at at Relentless Eco. If you did enjoy this podcast, please take a moment and leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll really help people to find us and help us to continue these discussions around the future. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stoke the Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a Relentless Economics production.